Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. In the Bible, the New Testament, uh, Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 6, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, whenever you're frustrated and discouraged in parenting, it's important to remember a verse like that and to not give up. Uh, You might post this verse somewhere around the house or on your desk so you can see it several days to remind you that God's promise is keep faithful, don't be weary in doing good. I'm John Fuller with Dr. Danny Huerta. He heads up our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family. And Today we're going to start with a conversation Jim Daly and I had with Amber Leah and Wendy Speak, who challenged parents like you and me to model Christ even when we're frustrated, tired, and angry. Before we move on, I, I, I've got to ask about the child where you, you a couple of minutes ago said, I need a break. And you turn, you start walking like to your bedroom or, or the garage, and they follow you. Because they're not, yeah. you, you are robbing me of my oxygen, and I, I thrive on conflict, <laughs> and so I don't want to let go of it, and yes. I'm not going to let you get that pause. What do you do about that? Well, and I think most moms would actually, when they say, I need a break, would help their child, especially we're talking younger children, they would help get their child settled in their yeah. own room. And when I do that, I would say, you don't even have to think of this as a, as a discipline, we just need a break from one another so that we can come back and treat each other better. Okay, so and they the, twi- understand the, that, the but... 12-year-old doesn't go so easily to the no, room, no. though. Well, and the, and the four-year-old <laughs> doesn't either. So I just preface that to say yeah. that when I would take my four-year-old, out he would come, and out he would come, and out he would come. Yeah. And so I would take him by the hand and say, this is required. This isn't a discipline now, but it will be if you mm-hmm. can't do what I'm mm-hmm. asking you. And sometimes it's just a control issue where they just don't feel heard or they're feeling like, you know, they have these big, strong emotions and they don't know what to do. Right. So they're following you and they're, they're harassing you. And so sometimes you just need to stop and get down on their level, whether they're four or 12, and just say, listen, I know you're really emotional right now and that you want to keep talking to me. And I want you to know that I'm here. I am going to listen to you. But we do have to talk to each other in a way that is going to help us get through this moment together well. Because that's what you need. You need me to be calm and to help you, and I want to do that. So I will listen to you, but let's just sit here together. You know, look, come sit on my lap. You know, my two-year-old, maybe I'm just putting him on my lap, and I'm saying, I'm here, and just, you know, be a vehicle to help calm them Hmm. in that moment. But don't engage in in all of the issue that the trigger is about. You know, don't start arguing or going down that path. Just show them empathy. Now, that's a mature thing to do as a Christ follower. You know, it it is not easy to tamp down those high emotions ourselves as parents in those moments when they're just coming at you. But you do. You just take a deep breath and you just have to get down on their level and, and have empathy and compassion for them. You know, the crowds followed Jesus and he was tired and exhausted and he tried to escape for a little bit. And they just follow him again. Right. And, you know, he had compassion on them, the Bible tells yeah. us. You know, he was empathetic. And so he continued to meet their needs. And, to con- and you know, that's parenting. It's yeah. a long game. Well, one so thing, we have to do that, too. Yeah. One thing you're mentioning there, and I can envision this, and I've tried to do this from time to time, not always successfully. But if there's a little skirmish going on, I'll, I'll take the offender and 
you know, get him next to me and say, now, what, what, why are you acting like that? What is driving that behavior to get them to think about, yeah, and help them to think about what's going on. And the other key thing, especially in this area of disrespect and back talking, they're they're very similar. I mean, I don't know that I can differentiate that it's all disrespect (laughs) to me, (laughs) but I could see over the arc of 18 years now with my oldest where, you know, he used to verbalize that way. Then he would verbalize that way and come back and ask for forgiveness to where now the occurrence of it is far less. That's right. And I think when I can see this big arc now, I get a better handle on his development. That's what I'm saying, that when he was younger, he just, bam, he would just say it. And then we'd try to do the correction. And it seemed not to work because the next day he was doing it again. But yeah. then the apology would come. You know, Mom and Dad, I'm sorry I responded like that. That wasn't right. Yeah. And that's and a then, beautiful thing. It's it so is. rewarding to see that because you know, okay, right. this is the fruit of all that labor. Hang in there. And then it would start happening yeah. less and right. less. And that big arc of 18 years, you can see that. But for the mom who's right in it right now with that 11-year-old it's going, never gonna happen, it, yeah. you're seeing this 30-year-old yeah. acting the same way. It sure. won't be that way. It's not. There's so much hope. For when you continually do the right thing, I mean, do we honestly think that God is not going to bless that? I mean, he will. If we are continually demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit toward our children. You know, when I first started on my own journey of struggling with anger and yelling and frustration, this was really... uh, overwhelming for me. And I thought, I don't know how I'm going to get my act together, much less help my kids change. But I just started realizing I was applying a lot of the verses in the Bible about my character to a whole lot of other people, but I just wasn't (laughs) applying it in my home with my small children. And when I started going, okay, God tells me that he's giving me patience and he's giving me kindness. And the proverb says that the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Okay, Lord, that's my verse for this month. You help me to have patience and to teach my kids with kindness. And so I started just applying that. You know, what's the kind thing for me to do? Rush out the door and just say, you know what? You can get your shoes on yourself. You're big enough. Come on. Or is it to say, all right, let me stop for a minute. Let me help you. And to show them just those little changes over time, God will always honor our obedience and when we do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And we can trust that we do have the power of the Holy Spirit of Christ in us to do those things. We are not helpless. That is a great statement. I love that. Over and over again, Amber and I have said that this book and this conversation is not how do we get our children to stop disobeying so that we don't have to get angry. Right. The real focus of this book, this conversation, and our mothering, fathering lives is how do I parent more like Christ? How do I parent more like God parents me? And in that journey, invite my children to come up into maturity with me. And the reason I'm laughing when you say that is it seems impossible. It's almost like me living like Christ being perfect and I can't be that because I'm I'm not perfect, right? Mm. So how do we process that to say we can act more like Christ right. in the process? Well, That's what there, you're saying. There are two things that he's given us, uh, I think, that are very, very clear in the call to bear fruit. Amber's been talking about the fruit of God's spirit in our home. Right. And he says very clearly in his word, abide in me, I will abide in you, and you will bear fruit. And the fruit of my spirit in your life will be love and joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and even 
self-control. All good stuff. But then he goes on to say, when you live by the Spirit, you'll keep in step with the Spirit. So I think there are two things Mm. that he tells us to do if we want to have this fruit in our home. The first is abide. Abide with Christ, in Christ. He, his Spirit is in us. And as we do, his character will rub off on our character. And we will become more like him. But in the meantime... If you are convicted that your words are unkind, that your sighs are exasperated and impatient, and you are not self-controlled as you, you know, berate your kids for being out of control, if those things are true, then you still have to do the muscular work of keeping in step with what God's word. And don't get overwhelmed by that. Because you could think to yourself, you're listening, there's a mom or dad listening that really struggles with anger, and they think, there's so many things that trigger me. There's so many instances where I do feel like I'm failing and where I'm yeah, not getting so it many right. external things yeah, setting me off. And yet, you know what? Just focus on one thing at a time. That's what I did. You know, I thought, I prayerfully just thought, Lord, what, what is the thing that you really want to work in me first? And then I just treated it like it was my job. You know, it's yeah. so easy to let tomorrow look just like today. And, you know, if someone's listening that sort of feels that way, like just kind of caught in this ebb and flow of these emotions, you know, take a moment and just prayerfully ask the Lord to reveal to you what's one thing that you can work on in this area and then treat that like your job. Yeah. And I would think that the the core of that is desire to change. That's right. I mean, you need to have the want to. Well, Danny, as Jim mentioned, it's really hard to have a strong-willed child who's always always pushing your buttons just to see what kind of a reaction they can get. Man, I've been there. So some parents go through phases where they really just don't want to be around that child because it's exasperating and they feel a lot of guilt around that child. So what do you say to that parent, that mom or dad? Well, really, first of all, John, you said that with a lot, a lot of emotion. Passion. I guess it's cutting close to home at times. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, I would say that, that you're human as a parent. Yeah. Know that you're not always going to respond or react correctly to your strong-willed child. And I, it, it reminds me of the verse in Psalm 57, verse 7. It says, my heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. Mm. Maybe repeat that in your mind first and uh, figure out your buttons. What are your triggers? What's, what, what is being triggered? And picture those buttons not working anymore, where your, your child is trying to push them. And sometimes uh, strong-willed children just want to push those buttons to be stimulated. They're bored. They're frustrated about something else, and they're coming. They're wanting to have some entertainment and push your buttons, and then you, you start getting upset, and they're, they're very satisfied <laughs> by that. Now, I'm so, laughing because— <laughs> That's the perspective I finally realized is this child, it's not that they're wired wrong. It's just that they're wired in such a way as they want to provoke me. And, mm-hmm. and I need to learn to roll with that and understand that. Just coming to that awareness is a big deal. Yeah, strong-willed children want to challenge. They want to make sure you truly believe what you believe, and they're going to, they're going to continue to challenge. I, I love to picture, and I've done this with, with strong-willed clients, teenagers that have come in. They'll want to zing footballs at you as if they're wanting to play catch. They're coming to want to play catch. They're throwing the football hard. Yeah, they're throwing 90-mile-an-hour right? fastballs. And so you just you yeah. say, oh, you know, I'm not playing. You don't have to catch the footballs. Mm. And I picture myself just stepping aside from the footballs and trying to figure out what is really going on. What does this strong-willed child need right now? And, and what can I shape? And the more that you enter with confidence and calmness, the better you'll be at, at guiding the conversation 
and responding to really the emotional need behind what the strong-willed child is wanting. Yeah, now help me out. Let's tease this out just a little bit. So you mentioned be aware of your triggers. Well, what if I don't know I'm being triggered until I'm reacting? In other words, I'm now escalated and I'm getting upset and I'm thinking, ugh. How do I catch myself before I get to that point? Well, call time out. I mean, if you know that you're getting sucked into back and forth and you'll be able to tell, I'm already getting louder. I'm starting to react. I feel like I need to, to answer every question coming from the strong-willed child. I'm getting sucked into something where I don't feel yeah. I have control over. That's when you say, wait, time out. I got I to gotta just find my brain here. It's running around. I gotta, I'll be right back. And for the strong-willed child, they may f- try to follow you, and you just go, hey, I, I need to go to the bathroom. And you go in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, the child cannot follow you in there. And regain your composure. Look in the mirror. Figure out, what am I really wanting to do here? Pray in that moment yeah. that, that you reset and recenter. Uh, because if you go in emotionally, the strong-willed child will take you to a place where you don't even know which way is up. And then you're, you end up yelling. Then you feel bad about yeah. that. That's just not a good place to land. You're all throttled up emotionally. So let's just broaden it out for a second beyond a strong-willed child. Let's just say any child really is just triggering me because I got a boatload of stress and I'm managing Mm -hmm. so much. And right now, I don't need that. The mess they made or the lack of compliance with this, whatever it is. There are a lot of guilt feelings for parents. How do I get past those? The guilt feelings, uh, you don't want to own those. They're just not going to be helpful. Raising a strong-willed child is difficult, yet you're getting to raise an amazing leader and uh, that is a sinner as well. And what they need from you is for you to reflect back at times, maybe how they're uh, creating feelings in you. I, I think of the word momentum. I've been thinking about that word a lot lately. And a strong-willed child will bring a very strong momentum into the room. How can you counter that and create the momentum you're wanting to have in response to that? You don't have to go with that. If you can think of your steadfast, then you're stopping the momentum. And maybe you stop and just mm-hmm. look at your son or daughter and go, man, okay, I've handled this in, in a different way other times. I, I don't want to go on the same road with you. I really want to help you out. You have some amazing emotional strength and incredible thoughts. And I, I wonder what it would look like if you use that for good momentums mm. in the room. And so I'm wanting to help with that. Yeah. Well, there's a lot uh, to parenting. It's not easy. Uh, kids don't read parenting books. And even if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you're going to hit spots where you're feeling guilty, you're struggling. Let me highly recommend the book by Amber Leah and Wendy Speak, Triggers, Exchanging Parents' Angry Reactions for Gentle Biblical Responses. We heard so much in that conversation uh, Jim and I had with Wendy and Amber, and uh, we'd love to send that book to you. It's our thank you gift to you when you say that you want to partner with Focus and you call or donate online, a gift of any amount. That means so much to us, and if you can, make it a monthly gift, um, regardless, monthly or one-time donation Uh, Whatever the amount, we'll send a copy of that book, Triggers, to you. Just call 800, the letter A in the word family, or click the link in the episode notes. Next time, more from Wendy and Amber, uh, offering more advice for parenting a strong-willed child. For now, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks for listening today to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Mm